the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Welcome back to another episode of Chair 2 Leaders. I'm your host, Ben South, here with Danny Smith who is always alongside for the journey. Glad you're listening this week. Danny, how are you today? Well, Ben, I am doing well today. It is uh, springtime, so all the allergies uh, gets balanced out by uh, some better days, longer days, warmer days. So, yeah, things are good, I think. How about you? We're doing well. We just got back last week from a conference where we were. I was able to go with a couple other of our pastors and a few laymen from our church and spend some time with them. That was really good. And now we're heading into summer and mission trip planning and those kind of things. But it's been good. Yeah, it's hard to believe. Um, we were doing some planning, my wife and I. I don't know. We plan like we, we've been married uh, for 20 years, and I think this is the fourth time we've planned. So, um, we were planning for some weeks coming up and you're thinking, man, I can't believe the school year's almost over with, you know, we've had episodes here now about summer planning and literally I'm like, Oh my goodness, summer's right here. And uh, yeah, same thing planning for those things. And um, it's a fun time, but you know, it feels like you're uh, in the last quarter of a race only to start another race. So it's a, uh, it's a lot of fun these days one of the challenges of, you know, kind of this, you know, in the school year race into summer, another busy season is, and we've talked about it before on here is the idea of making sure that, that we're growing the, the idea that, uh, that, that we're resting, uh, so to speak. And so I, I know you just got back from a conference. So I got to ask, did you get some good swag? Did you get some good books? What was that like for you? Man, it was a great conference. We did. We went to Together for the Gospel, which was the last time they were having it. Um, so it was a good uh, conference, good time to get away with some of the other pastors and guys from our church. And a little bit bittersweet because it's really been a conference that has ministered to my heart and to my soul through the years since I became aware of it about a decade ago or so. Uh, and it's been just a beneficial thing and encouraging time to get away. So we were up there doing that. But one of the things that T4G was known for was their book giveaways. They called it the No Dollar Bookstore, I think is what they called it. Um, and they would always, every time for every session, they would give you books and resources. And so that was always one of those things you had to plan, take an extra bag. And usually I came home with a box and a bag of books and things that they would have because they'd have the giveaway stuff. And then you'd have all the exhibitors and a lot of them would give away little books or booklets throughout the week as well. Um, and swag, uh, get to the t-shirts that you always get at conferences like that. And then they had the bookstore as well, where you could get things at a really reduced rate. So it was always good. So I went in this year telling myself, Ben, don't buy as many books. You have plenty of books on your shelf. Don't buy as many books as you have in the past. And I did better than I have before, uh, but still came home with uh, probably 30 or 40 books, um, from the week. A lot of them they had given to us, which was fine, and they're good, good resources. Uh, but that's one of my favorite parts about that conference is just the access and the um, uh, the introduction to so many new and different resources that we can use 
for ministry, some that are intensely theological, but some that are very practical, and then some resources that are good just to give to our people in ministry. You know, I have over the years, um, you know, conferences and things like that, been able to pick up books. And I think anything um, I can remember going into my pastor's office growing up and he always had a library bookshelves of books. Um, I always enjoyed reading myself. It's just something that uh, I kind of took to naturally. I know not everyone is, is a reader, but it almost feels like being that if you're going to be in any chair in ministry, you almost feel like you got to have some type of library. In fact, you know, one thing that we noticed uh, from COVID, uh, all the interviews, uh, you know, if you're a big sports guy like we are, you might watch an interview on TV and and you'll notice behind the sports personality, uh, a bookshelf. And so it feels like to be in ministry that you have to have a library. And so um, I think what you've talked about at T4G uh, is maybe a great subject for us to talk about today is, is maybe how we build that library, uh, some of the approaches we take to it, and maybe just some of the benefits that have come out of that. You've already mentioned a few. I know for me, um, when I went into ministry, um, I had some people give me some books. And honestly, to this day, I don't know that I read all those books that they gave us. And I certainly just didn't dive in and start reading some deep, deeply theological book as a you know, late teenager, early 20s. But those meant a lot to me because I felt like, hey, I've arrived. I've got some books on a shelf and that's got to mean something. And so over the years, um, like yourself, I've been able to accumulate and to give away. And so being think about your own personal library. What's been an approach uh, to you? Um, what's your mindset towards your library? Well, early on, I would just, I would take any book anybody would give me or I could find or I could get a good price on. I would just take it all, just trying to build it. And people say, have you read all these? I'm like, no, I don't even intend to read all of them. A lot of them I have for research or for reference if I'm studying a specific thing that I'll have those of the study. So through the years, I've gotten a lot of things because I would take whatever was available. And so I think early on, I would just take anything. Now I've become a lot more selective in what I put into my library, just because I know I'm not going to read it all. I know that um, I'm not going to be able to, and I don't have time. I've got more books that I haven't read than I have read on my shelf. I need to read more. Uh, but I look to do things specifically by topic. Like if I know in my Bible, books of the Bible, resources and commentaries and things, I don't just go get them unless I know I'm getting ready to teach or preach uh, lessons in that area. It's where I know I'm going to need them, where I know I'm going to use them. I don't just get them just to have them. Um, when it comes to commentaries, what I would say is find a good commentary series that you can build, especially if you're building your library. Find a good one that you can, can start and build and, and just build that because that's going to build that basis. I, I probably have uh, three commentary series that I, through the years, have built um, that just give a good baseline reference back to make sure you're in the right spot with study. Start... So I would, if you're going to start building your library, start with a good commentary series. Uh, then maybe look for some writers that you enjoy reading after uh, and, and just start slowly building in certain areas. Now, the truth is when you go to school and when you go to seminary, you're going to build your library in certain areas because they're going to build, depending on the seminars and the classes you take, you're going to get resources in those areas. So for me, my degrees were in Christian education, discipleship ministries, and, and those kind of areas, primarily leadership. So I have a huge 
three or four or five shelves of leaderships and education and discipleship books. Whereas I go to my dad's library, who he has his degree in church history. Well, he has shelves of church history books, but he has very little on leadership and discipleship because he just didn't focus on that area. So the truth is, if you go to school, when you go to school, um, you're going to build your library, especially heavily in your area of focus. Um, and, and that's just normal. Uh, but I think you've got to just be careful about just getting stuff too willy-nilly, being able to get it and have it used and accessible. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. We're I'm the same way over the years. I would just buy stuff to get stuff. And yeah, now far more selective. In fact, last summer when we made uh, a move back to Wyoming, um, really the first time I kind of purged stuff out of my library, I, you know, I, I hate to throw anything away. I'm not a hoarder. So if you come into my house, I'm not going to have stuff stacked to the ceiling, um, but I could be. I, there are some things that I could be a hoarder about, but um, there were two things that I did this time around in purging. One, you know, if it had sat on my shelf and I really had no intention of reading it, um, unless it was just one of those books that everybody should have, um, I actually just donated that to our local uh, Goodwill store. And then for the books that I thought, man, I've enjoyed this, I've read this, and I feel like somebody else, I left that for um, a guy that young in ministry, building his library, um, you know, just some stuff that I thought, man, this is going to bless him. It was a little tough to part with it because I did enjoy those. Um, but yeah, building that library, and you mentioned going to school, and I'll tell you one of the ways um, that, that I, I kind of built mine too was, um, along that same avenue, but um, first church I ever pastored. Um, about a year or two into that, it wasn't immediate, um, but I'd say two years into that, they started doing a book budget as part of um, our annual budget. It wasn't a ton, you know, it wasn't uh, kind of this blank check to go buy as many things, but Ben, I took sort of the same approach of, okay, if I'm teaching through or preaching through a book, um, I was able to get the resources that I need, but you know, being able to go to a conference, being able to, you know, um, of course, this is back in the day when your brick and mortar bookstore was a little more uh, prevalent than it is now. Um, I was able to really find some some stuff, those commentaries, those um, theology text, uh, church history. And, and honestly, where I'm even at now is I still buy those kind of books, but now I buy, I tend to go more, I don't know, you begin to change a little bit. Ben, we'll talk about this, but I know for me, I went from, I got to buy a commentary, a theology book to other areas that as I've grown in ministry and really as I've just grown, I guess, as a person that really interests me now, sometimes that's a secular area. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's the area of, um, uh, maybe just, I, I've really taken an interest in the classics. For example, I love reading a good classic book. Um, you know, even like children's books, like Charlotte's Web, things like that, where I go, hey, this is interesting. This is something that, um, uh, you know, kind of piques my interest. So how have you changed over the years in terms, I know you're more selective now. Have you seen yourself though, go from, man, I was just all about leadership and discipleship to uh, something else, or what does that look like for you? Well, I would say for me, I don't know that mine has shifted as far as ministry-related books, the, the type of stuff I'm drawn to. Um, recently, because I have a lot of the other, I have, sh I'm striving to build my, like New Testament, Old Testament, 
books on certain books of the Bible and those kind of things. I did not have a strong library there, so I'm building that. Uh, but I, I don't know that mine has changed a whole lot through the years, honestly. I think I still kind of am drawn to the same type of things that I have been, and maybe that's just because what I'm interested in. But you made a good point about the if your church provides that benefit, and that's a great benefit if you can talk to them about, hey, can you help $100, $200 a year? That'll even go a long way. And that's one way I've built my library is our church has done that through the years. And a good way to do that, and here's what I, I did, especially when I was in seminary, Amazon has a wish list. And so anybody would tell me about a book, hey, this is a good one that's this subject. And I would sit in the seminary classes with my Amazon wish, Amazon up, and I'd add books that talk about and put it on my wish list that I didn't have. And then when people give you a gift card or you can get an Amazon gift card, you can go buy that book and you've got it waiting on you and you know or you can share it with other people and they can buy them for you. Uh, so that's another way to build your library and, and without having to, I forgot about which books, go put them in an Amazon wish list and you can share it. You can go get a book off of it when you have a gift card or someone blesses you like that. And, and you can build that way. You know, other things that come along with that is how do you keep your books? I mean, with with me, I've got several bookshelves in my office. And I'm, I'm somewhat of a nerd with that because when I worked in college, I worked in the library. So I'm kind of a library system type approach to to books and my mother was a librarian too so it just comes it's in my blood I guess but I kind of organized mine by by theological topic kind of like they were organized in the school library and then by author last name and then I have them all by section that way and it kind of goes through and I can kind of know where a book is based on the topic of the book uh, within my personal library. That becomes more important the more books you have that you will build kind of a system for keeping them. And there are some online app systems that you can use for that. Uh, I think library is actually the name of one of the apps. I don't use that, um, but you do need to keep a list of what you've got because what I've found is that if I don't have a list of what I've got, the books I have, I forget. And there's nothing like getting a brand new book and then going to the shelf to put it in to see you've already got it on the shelf, which I have done multiple times. So develop a system of, of knowing. I just simply have a uh, Excel spreadsheet that has my books listed and the information and I can mark there, hey, they give it away, it's a loan to someone. It's simple and it's a way to show what I've got. Um, there, but you do need to come up with a way even of storing and keeping your library, not just piling it in piles on the corner. Yeah, that's for sure. It's uh, it's very uh, frustrating. I've done that. Um, man, I found this book at a great price. And uh, yeah, go home and find it. And then I would justify and say, well, I wanted to have one to give away or something like that. And my wife's like, no, you didn't. You forgot. And so, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think you hit on something, too, about storing your books. Man, we you know, when you move, um, how to move books, how to store books. Honestly, I still have some books in boxes um, and then, you know, tend to put out those books that I use quite a bit. Um, and then just depending on where I'm at, if the, if the shelf space is enough, because I mean, that, you, you run into a lot of issues, right? I mean, um, do you have enough shelf space? Uh, maybe you uh, are bivocational and maybe you don't even have a church office. You're, you're kind of officing out of your house. So, you know, you, you make what works for you on that. The, the joy of having a library it's just that those books are there. Now you may have to go dig through a box. You may have to go find them in the, in the room that we all have at our house where everything kind of gets put um, that we shut the door to. 
that's okay because these books can be a help to you. Um, they can be a resource, obviously, for you and for others. I mean, again, I mentioned earlier, there were some books I gave away uh, just because I knew it would bless others and I didn't have an extra copy of it. And so um, it's, been a, it's been a fun journey uh, for me because these books have really become there's some that really have emotional connections to them. I've got some books from my dad's library. He passed away seven years ago that honestly, I, I don't know that I'll read them, but they have his writing in it, um, his notes in it. Um, and that's just a really, really nice resource. Um, my wife's, uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I have the same type of thing. My grandfather, who was a pastor, gave me a commentary series. I don't ever use it. It's not something I'm probably ever going to reference. It's not the best commentary series, but it was his, and it has his name and some of his markings. It's like, I'm you not going to get rid of that. And I think your books become your friends in some yes, ways. Yes, 100%. It's like, because there's memories, even as you go back and look at them, of preparing messages or when it ministered to you at a specific time in your life. So they, they do kind of become friends. Yeah, they really do. And that, that connection to them runs very deep. I mean, ministry is tough. There are seasons where you personally or the church that you are a part of is, is walking through a season, your family's walking through a season. And uh, yeah, those books become a, a great treasure and a great resource. Um, yeah, we, uh, this is kind of funny. Uh, my wife's grandfather, um, was a pastor as well. And then her great grandfather was a pastor. And, and so we have some of their old sermon notes, but we also have some of their old books. And I, I even get a kick out of reading some of their notes in those books. Um, you know, so say 1930s, 1940s, um, her great grandfather's writing things about the dangers of the cinema and things like that, you know, and, and, and in some ways you go, well, he might've been on to something now that where we are, where, where we're at, he, maybe he was on to something, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, those things become very special. And I think if you approach your library, you know, I, I part of that shift I made was on the one hand, I have enough books. On the other hand, the ones I get now really do have some meaning. It is something I'm really interested in. It is something I'm doing for a project. Um, you know, I work and deal with people all the time that have various worldviews. And so sometimes I'm like, I got to go read up on that. I live in a place where there's a lot of pagan and Native American uh, undertones in scripture scripture in culture. <laughs> it's early when we're recording this, Ben. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's just being able to go from, I need as many as possible to, I need what I need to help me out. And that's a great place to get to. So again, wherever you are on that process, make those books your friend, make those books a resource that you can use, that you can bless others with. Um, but then begin to see that library as, man, this is my personal theological study. And it's just so enriching. I mean, really, if you don't take anything else, it's it's just really very enriching. And, you know, Ben, I'll, you could speak to that, but I, I will also lob another question out because we do live in the 21st century. So um, I know guys that now their their entire library is on a tiny little device and, you know, sort of like uh, the old debate of Coke versus Pepsi. Uh, do you go digital or do you buy paper? I tell you, that's a, a tough one for me. I, you know, that solves the space issue for a lot of people today. If you go digital, you don't have to worry about a library. You have your computer and you have access to all of it. 
there is some real benefit to that. And a lot of times digital copies are cheaper even mm -hmm. than, than the paper copies. Um, I personally, I'm still a paper book person. I've got a few digital books. I just don't like the way of reading on a digital device. I'll read some non-research, non-ministry type stuff on digital, just like novels for in entertainment. But not stuff I want to mark and go back to because I'm the way I learn and the way I remember stuff, the book helps me better. But I tell you, if I was starting over and I was building my library today, I would probably seriously consider a digital library and not have all the books because you've got it with you everywhere and you can research it and reference it quicker than having to go find it on the shelf. There's a friend of mine who took all his books that he had, sold them all, and then bought everything he wanted on digital and just got rid of all of his books. I don't know that I can go there. I'm just, I'm just No, I'm with you. It's too much of a step for me right now. I might yeah. get there someday if digital works better and I find a digital platform that that would be what I need, I might do it. But I still love the books. But I think there's a real, especially if you can train yourself to using the digital early, right. starting out building your library, go all in that way. It's going to make it a lot easier and you're going to always have it. But then again, it's harder to share because that's one of the things I love about ministry is I've had several pastors and ministers give me books. I had one about a year ago who just brought a retired pastor, brought in a box of books that I looked through. Some of them I had wanted but didn't have, and so I was able to do that. And I also give away a lot. I'll go through every now and then. It's like, you know, I haven't used this. I'm not going to use this book. I'll give it away to somebody. And I keep a box in my office at all times of, hey, that's if you want a book, take them, take what you want. There's a giveaway box under one of the chairs in my office that's just books that I'm getting rid of and giving away to other ministers or other people if they want them, church members. I've had them come through and look through the books. And so it's a, it, it kind of keeps my office cleaned out, but also passes on the ministry as well. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. If I had to just if I had to start over and, and, and obviously we're probably speaking generationally at this point, uh, I think I know the friend you're talking about and, and he is younger than us, not significantly, but he is younger than us. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, so, he, you know, one thing that, that I have in some of that shift of, of library is, you know, when you have kids that are at ball games at school events, you're all day Saturday somewhere. Um, and, one of the great benefits of that digital content, um, and there's a ton of different resources for ministers um, to to be able to have that. It's not just maybe a, a Kindle, maybe it's uh, other software that you can use. One of the benefits I have found is that if if one of those weeks comes along where it's just busy ministry wise, busy family wise, it is really convenient to open up that app. Uh, on your iPad, your computer, your phone, whatever it may be, and do your sermon prep with with those apps right there. So yeah, I think that if there's one thing I love about digital, it's that right there. You're but I'm like you, one device versus a stack. Of yes, books. that's exactly right. Thinking, man, I, you know, and and so everybody approaches sermon prep differently. Um, but yeah, that could be a super big help to it. Again, I'm still very much I want a book in my hand. Um, and, and I'll tell you, you mentioned the word nerd, uh, how nerdy I am is my wife last year for Christmas got me bookmarks that have my initials and name on it so I can mark my books. So I don't know what that says about me, but yeah, it's, it's a real joy. I mean, there's a real fun in finding, um, a book. I, I you know, listen, 
in the last five years, I have found some really significant parts in my library at our local library book sale. And then people's personal library that, like you said, somebody brought in, they retired. And then our local Goodwill. I mean, not every time I go, but I've kind of now have this uh, real joy in finding sort of this uh, 25 cent treasure somewhere where I go, I don't think they know how good this book is. And I'm getting it for less than a buck. I mean, there's just, it turns into a lot of fun. It's kind of like collecting sports cards. You know, you find these, you know, kind of diamonds in the rough, so to speak. And, uh, but yes, it can be a joy. Your library is uh, something that too, you can pass down. Again, I've got stuff from my dad, Tulsa's grandfather, her grandfather, and those are just priceless and they mean a lot. They are. And that, it just kind of becomes an heirloom type thing. But I, I still think if I was starting out today, I would probably go digital yeah. with everything. I would, It'd I be would hard not sell to, so. out digital these days. Yeah. And I might yet. Who knows if it gets to Well, me. that's right. You know, there's definitely uh, probably a season coming where do I really want to deal with all this stuff? You, well, I won't be morbid, but do my kids want to deal with it one day? <laughs> that, well, and there's the, here's the thing, too. I mean, if, if you're fire god forbid fire or flood or some kind of disaster destroys your library yeah. you still have it if it's digital that's right and so I, I think if something were to happen to mine like that i probably would convert to digital at that yeah point. no i get that yeah i think but so I, like, i'm too far invested right now <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah i can't go backwards at this point that's right well danny it's been fun talking books i tell you one of the places i learned to love books was when i was in college at central baptist college and we're glad to have them back as a sponsor on this podcast we want you to go visit cbc.edu today apply for admission request a virtual meeting they'll send you a counselor to talk to you they've got all kinds of degree plans athletics they're getting ready i mean it's the recruiting season on campus at cbc right now they'd love to have you or your students just check them out and see what they've got to offer great uh education there it's where i learned to like books originally and Danny, I think you learned some stuff there too. But we're glad to have CBC uh, sponsoring us again. So check out Central Baptist College in Conway, cbc.edu. Well, Danny, it's been fun talking this week. Anything else before we go? Nope. I uh, I wholeheartedly agree. I did learn just a few things there. Probably should have learned more, but uh, so glad to have CBC back with us. That's right. Well, you have a great week, and we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Chair 2 Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.